Welcome to Better Business Building, where I'm your host, Adam Menderich, where I talk to business leaders from all shapes of life about what's worked for them and how they can help you win. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Alex. Welcome. Long time in the making, and I know that I quoted you many times through some of my posts, but it's great to see you in the flesh. Uh, well, almost in the flesh, I yeah. guess, in the virtual yeah. flesh, as it, as it were. And thank you very much for um, affording me the, the the time zones. I hope it's not too early where uh, where you where you are. But yes, um, I enjoy your content and your your thought process. So um, forgive me, it's taken me this long to get myself organised to get onto the uh, onto the show. But as we were saying in the green room, I actually am on my own now for the first time in a night. No children, no wife, so I actually have a bit of time. <laughs> See, look, what you don't know is I magically made all this happen. <laughs> well for those that don't know and that haven't read all of your amazing work and and don't tune in to ask alex could you tell the audience a little bit more about what you do and maybe talk about how you got to doing the the death of the salesman okay cool thank you um wow so part of history so i've been i was based in in the uk live in um uh live in london Um, my background is sales so um for any of your uk listeners um i used to drive mini 132 that will mean something to some people um then i moved into um recruitment so it was michael page international recruiting sales professionals into the it and tech sector and uh, was in the world of recruitment when linkedin was born and then of course all recruiters moved to linkedin so I've been on LinkedIn pretty much for as long as that platform has been um, around. Did that five years, good fun, and then moved into professional services. So joined um, PwC, um, PricewaterhouseCoopers, in a business development capacity. Did that for the best part of three and a half, four years, I think, three and a half years. Then moved into um, the legal sector. So joined a law firm which was called Bowen Leighton Paisner. It's now Brian Cave Leighton Paisner post merger. But back then, um, I set up their key client programs, so CRM systems, processes, account plans. Um, reporting, basic data insight, yada, yada, yada. And it was towards the end of my time there. So I think nine, 10 years ago now, um, Jack Hanratty came in and sold the dream of sales navigator and uh, social selling. And um, that set me on my journey, if you will, of how can you use LinkedIn, um, not as a recruitment tool, not as a tool to find a job, but as a go-to-market tool, <clears throat> moving to commercial real estate, um, property, uh, commercial real estate firm, Jones Lang LaSalle, and uh, ran a social selling program there. Uh, There's only 150 licenses in the UK over a 12-month period. Did half a million net new in a pipeline of 4.9 million, but we didn't have a CRM system, so I couldn't prove it. Um, it was done through kind of surveys mm-hmm. and anecdotally. Uh, Brexit happened, lost my job. And my father had um, passed away with cancer earlier that year. So I thought, life's too short. Let's go and do my own thing. So in this same office I'm sat in now, not the virtual background behind me, but the little office I'm in now in uh, London SW19, January 1, 2017, I was like, right, what do we do? And so I set up my um, my consulting business, Beyond Sales um, Limited, and practice what I preached around using LinkedIn as a demand generation um, platform to uh, go into professional service firms, so law firms, accounting firms, consulting firms, and help them build um, change change management programs around social selling, digital selling, whatever we are um, uh, calling it. Uh, that led me to building relationships with Microsoft partners. So Microsoft partners would bring me into CRM implementations where there was Dynamics and Sales Navigator um, involved, which then led me to have a, a 15-month project, which I've just finished with PA Consulting, which was a thousand-seat deploy of Dynamics and Sales Nav, building out digital sales, social selling program, 
CRM data, Power BI dashboards, looking at AI, all that kind of fun stuff. And so now I'm back in um, independent consulting worlds, um, looking for my next kind of big social selling, digital selling, sales enablement, sales effectiveness um, gig. I'm currently on a short three month, uh, three month contract with a law firm, Simmons and Simmons, helping them with some digital sales stuff. But yeah, fundamentally, it's all about shifting mindsets and behaviors around digital CRM data, go to market. And how I look at it is finding the shortest route to a sales conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot there, but that's only going to grow and grow is what I believe in because uh, technology sales and marketing is not going to go backwards from here. So one thing that I will draw attention to there, the best people in the world say the best sellers and content marketers come from a recruitment background. It's, I don't know, recruitment is a, it's, it's, it's an interesting game because it's a people game and selling people is the hardest thing. It is the hardest thing in the world. And you have to um, learn to deal with all levels of people. And it, what was interesting age, however old I was, what mid, mid to late twenties, when I was working out in the Waverage office and then driving down the A3 back home uh, at the you know, end of the week of a Friday or what have you. And I be, be in the car and traffic jam, no doubt. And you sit there going, Christ, I'm what, 25, 26, 27, giving advice to senior people mm-hmm. on 150, 200 grand a year base salary, which back then was like, you know, that's a lot of money now. Back then yeah, was yeah. like a lot of money. And they are listening to me and taking my advice on, <laughs> on, yeah, yeah. on their career. Yeah. And yes. it's it's a real um, art. And I also b- believe what makes recruitment consultants good salespeople is you own the process cradle to grave mm-hmm. so you have to go and find the business mm-hmm. pitch for the business yep. win the business deliver the business which is then you won the mandate and then you have mm-hmm. to go and find the recruit the, the, mm-hmm. the candidates then mm-hmm. convince them that i got a job for you i mm-hmm. promise i'm not going to screw your career up um and then go through that process and then and then you know keep all of that going on multiple things on spinning and i i know that the kind of the full the full SD, the full sales cycle a sdr kind of conversation is is coming full um full circle it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens obviously unfortunately with all the you know the, the massive layoffs that are uh, that are happening but mm. yeah i think it's because we we're we're the glen gary glen ross generation so just touching on what you said at the end there, do you feel with all of that that maybe it will go back to what your and my day would have been in a traditional full cycle with a comms handover plan? Like, do you think? Like, I, I think it should, I think I think I believe now. Okay, I don't operate in I don't operate in SaaS, but I'm in a lot mm. of groups um, where they operate. They, that's what they do. Um, I've never really quite understood this Split front up. end machine just to create appointments for mm. then. And I remember, you know, way back when Rob Fox, uh, he's now at Indeed.com, was my um, account manager at LinkedIn when I was at Jones Lang and South. And back then, it was like you had the relationship for uh, I think it was six months or a year. And I remember saying to LinkedIn, "I don't want to lose Rob because mm-hmm. I just spent this amount of time building a relationship with him. He knows me. He knows the business. So if you want this contract to renew, <laughs> mm. he has to stay with me." And eventually they broke the model for him because I was like, this is effing mm. ridiculous. You know yeah. these new business, yeah. but what, why would you then break the fact I've now got to spend the next three months to build a new relationship with someone and someone and someone. So 
I get for you know some industries if it's high volume, low mm. low cost, low margin, what have you. But as I think you start to move up the the enterprise, I, I believe that in some instances that full cycle role mm. is is appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I well, I know that you know that I know I've been screaming about this since probably the same as um, Graham Hawkins since two thousand and sixteen. That is the only way so that you don't have disengagement at both sides of the table. But what what I found interesting is that what I found, it's not just limited to SaaS. Like they're literally rolling out the predictable revenue conveyor belt everywhere, but you and I are old enough to know what it was like prior and what we learned was different. And that's now become like foundational pieces of how you should do business better, in my opinion, because if you're getting paid to set a meeting to close a meeting to do a handover you're only incentivized to do that you're not yeah. you're not really worried about what happens at customer success because you're just like hey look i can just push this through here i got paid another 400 bucks so yeah yeah, yeah it's, so, um, you know, we, it's uh, back in my um, estate agency days when um before i moved to kind of front office as it were i was driving mini 132 we were flogging free mortgage advice mm -hmm. for 10 pounds a pop mm -hmm. we didn't give a crap whether they wanted mortgage advice or not it's like just take the call it's free, ten pounds. Take the call. It's free. Take the call. You know, you yep. book something, you get the mortgage broker downstairs. Going, why am I talking? They're not even like buying a house. Like, I don't care. I got my ten pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I think that um we'll go backwards to go forwards, but maybe that's where you and I have the advantage to be old enough to to know and recognize how business was done properly before the split out. Whereas a lot of companies don't don't know. So a lot of um people out there, even in the sol solopreneurs that are younger than you and I don't know what it was like before. So we can preach to, well, if we did this here, it's going to cause this and they can, their line of sight is different from ours because of that. I think I, I you know, hindsight is always a fine, hindsight is always a fine thing. Christ <laughs> I look back at my, my yeah. private life. I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, but yeah. it makes us who we are. I, I, the, the challenge is, is that we're not really comparing apples with, mm -hmm. with that honest with ourselves because yes sales you break it down to its core core components of what it is it's the same 2000 years ago and you've got the traders mm. you know selling fruit and veg on their um uh, on their stalls and so on and so forth i think the, the difference between when we were doing it, all we have is a telephone mm. and yeah, a car yeah, yeah. and yeah. That, that was it mm. and then you had to rely on the fact my michael page days was the the fact that i for someone answered the phone it was Alex Lowe, never heard of you, from Michael Page International. I've heard of Michael Page International. They're a reptile recruitment company. I'll probably give you the 30 seconds to either mm. make the pitch or, or not. Fast forward to, well, the internet and then actually social media and then the explosion of automation and, and technology mm. and the fact that it feels like that it's just metric driven in terms of more emails more calls more 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 some of it will drop and it's the 80 80 20 split right is it 20 percent comes from 80 percent of your business comes 20 percent of your um uh your clients and probably the same with um with sellers and that worked for a while when the market was big enough to hope with that if you will if you accept I mean, gary hill that and share the insight that there's research that I think it's roughly, I know they say that you can make up stats on the spot, but it kind of feels right. Only 6% of your total addressable market is ever in a moment to buy. But if you spam, if you spam enough of it, 
you're going to always capture that six percent if you will it's like oh that's a fortunate timing you called me that's fortunate timing that email came through because we're actually thinking about doing that the problem is is the SaaS market has got so saturated mm. and there's so much of this now happening that as a as a buyer we totally switch off mm. so even if we are in that six percent of ready to buy as it uh, as it were the one email or the one cold call or the one connect from LinkedIn that might actually be relevant is just buried in the sea mm. of sameness. So we're just, we're just switching off. And yes, to your point, I believe that lands at the feet of um, management mm -hmm. and, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult, it's, it's a, it's a hard one, right? Mm. Um, because it was, it was, it was, it's hard but it was easier back in our day, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 to a point, yeah, yeah. To, 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 to go with. But yeah. it still doesn't negate the fact that I agree that I think that we've lost our way and going back to the full the full cycle in some situations, in some areas, in some organisations, in some types of products is the way forward, that you should own that, that opportunity cradle to, cradle mm -hmm. to great, yes, of course, you leverage automation where where it makes mm. where it makes sense and where it's um, uh, where it's appropriate. You leverage AI. Of course, the last two weeks has been an explosion of Chat GPT and so on and so forth. But at, at the heart of it, for the majority of of sales, as I see it, of course, you know, if you're audience, I come from professional services, so I'm working with lawyers, accountants, where we don't sell, and the sales process is is different. You still need that human interaction. You still actually got to have a conversation with somebody to be able to to then sell it. And I fear that too many people are hiding behind email, are hiding behind um, uh, social. And dare I say it? And if you'd asked me this probably three, four, five years ago, probably why we're starting to see a bit of a spike in cold calling, kind of coming back and making a bit of resurgence. Because at least you can actually cut through the noise, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's it's going backwards to go forwards. But I think yeah. there's even with everything else from the technology factor, like you said. I think what I see is maybe people below our generation are almost too scared to do it. So they're they're hiding behind the the LinkedIn. They're hiding behind the mass email, um, and they're just like, no, nah, I'm just warming them up a bit, and then um, they don't actually do the actions. So yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree, but is that then also a generational mm -hmm. uh, question? Because again, if you go back to our day when the internet didn't existed and mm -hmm. you had to go to a phone call to make a phone call and put ten PE or have a phone card, mm -hmm. we had four. I explained to my seven year old that we used to have four channels. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have these things all phones. You know, a generation yeah. where they've grown up in their their communication has always been different. Yeah. So yes, it is. Mm -hmm a fear factor but it's also they have grown up in a in an environment which is different to the env environment that we've grown up i'm not saying this i'm not saying it's the right thing yeah it's an, an to coaching a leadership um failure i don't know um but it's uh, as i said it's i agree that the processes and how we were coached and mentored is still relevant today mm. but i do Feel we have to be careful by saying, "Well, back in the day when," because um, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
sound like my late father was back in the back in the day. Well, it was a very different time back then, Dad. <laughs> so, without us talking about us walking through the snow ten kilometers in each direction to get to school with no shoes, <laughs> do you um, <laughs> or in forty five degree heat while the the tar seal is 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 melting against <laughs> our toes? Do you think in that same vein then? Their next generation. So I started saying this. I don't know if you know how I was saying this in like 2016 and I was pretty outspoken and I got laughed at a little bit. I was saying because of that, the next generation of the salespeople will be more of a content marketer and then warm to that conversation. So that could be they make content to send to those people in advance. They might make different types of um, interaction to get to the conversation quicker, but in their way, because of what they've grown up with. Do you think that's fair or do you think that we're still trying to hold them to know you're in marketing and you don't do that you're in comms or you know you do demand and you're in that or no you're strictly in sales you can't do some of their stuff it's a, it's, it's, it's a good question I'm now mm. going to sound like I'm contradicting myself in terms of the full cycle um the full cycle AE or full cycle sales process um i don't know if you've read the article by brent adamson around sales and marketing becoming obsolete and then he does the the he writes about the case study of um smart technologies in, in canada mm-hmm. where they uh jenna pipchuk uh and her marketing colleague jeff Lowe, no relationship to me um just i think it was just when the pandemic hit ripped up the rule book and mm-hmm. built what they call the unified commercial engine yeah so rather than having distinct handoffs it was mm-hmm. more around well you're really good at creating content you're really good at having mm-hmm. op- you know the opening yeah. conversation you're really good at doing this you're really good at doing um doing that so it wasn't this distinct silos mm-hmm. it was a fluid kind of process mm-hmm. that kind of moved with the the, the the clients and the prospects rather than well you've gone through this gate and we now can't go backwards mm-hmm. i believe we have to be careful about this content creation um narrative that's, yeah, yeah yeah that is coming out because you see some incredible content creators the will akins the um the tom bostons who are the two that kind of spring to mind but they've actually moved out of sales roles mm. they were mm. in sales roles. Mm. they've now moved into their role is to create content yeah, yeah. and community yeah. and create awareness mm-hmm. to then turn, turn that into um, opportunity, which is why you then see um, you know community managers uh, starting to appear. So Alex Sue, who is a reformed uh, lawyer for mm. Ironclad, which is a contract lifecycle management platform, he is a TikTok superstar. He's mm. extraordinarily um, clever, um, mm. and he creates content to create that to create that awareness. And there are going to be salespeople out there who are bloody good salespeople because mm. they stick to the script, they stick yeah. to the rules, but we don't create that much content because they don't need to because they can cut through the noise in terms of their um their approach so my view is going to be i, I think i've always said this i think if all if sales leaders cro's are going to truly change they've got to be brave and actually rip up the rule book and actually start to look yeah. at well how can i look at my skill set that i've got and mm-hmm. then point those at what is what is really good or what they're really good at mm-hmm. and it could be you have some brilliant content creation but they are then supporting a you know a hub of sellers yeah. with that content to drive that um uh drive that awareness because it's when I mean, you know this it, it it is time consuming creating mm. content 
and yeah. the return isn't necessarily um, immediate. But you know, my sales, the way that I operate, my sales cycles are longer, so I have that time, and then the reward kind of <laughs> pays pays for yeah. itself. Yeah. If you're in a faster moving or an environment where the expectation is more volume and it needs to be faster moving, mm. it's it's a tricky balance. And I I do fear that I do see some out there kind of you know young salespeople wanting to say that in this day and age is crazy. Mm. They're focusing more on dare I say trying to be an influencer mm. and creating the content, and it's more about helping their colleagues sell. Mm-hmm rather than necessarily actually <laughs> creating around what it is that they are selling mm-hmm. for their um uh, for their their mm-hmm. audience it's it, it it's it's tough and you you will have the odd unicorn out there who can do it all yeah you know, yeah yeah, yeah. Is yeah. and can do it all but i think they are going to be far and few between yeah so that's <clears throat> the reason I asked that, I wanted to get your layer of the take on that because I was steadfast like five years ago thinking the only answer is that business development, head of business development have to be able to make their own content or they're going to lose because they can't play in the in the technology landscape of where we live now. But it was interesting to get your perspective because maybe the answer is for every four business development managers, there's a person that can also create the content to sell it for the team. So I wasn't, I wasn't very open to that five years ago, but maybe I am more now. I do think that there's a it's a very good split between the traditional skill set versus being able to do some of it, because if you can't do some of it, you also can't use the tools. So um yeah, that's about yeah, that's why I wanted to ask that question. But um Well, it's it's a fair it's a fair challenge. And of course, content mm-hmm. is a content's a broad mm-hmm. church. Yeah, yeah. So and Let's you know play a story in um, when I was doing the project with uh, PA Consulting and their their, their deploy. Um, one of the biggest consumer brands on the planet that they were looking to build relationships um, with. I kind of coached the lead partner on here's some process, here's 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 some focus around what we're trying to do. Let's go and follow. We'll save the CEO as a lead in, in sales now, but let's go follow them on um, uh, on LinkedIn, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll um, uh, tag team between commenting on on their post as and um as and when i remember it was a thursday evening summer it was about six months ago and you know a thing popped up on my app on the phone that he he posted this thing he posted a picture of him at their r&d center in um uh, in switzerland in Vivay. and so i just commented on his post going oh would love to invite you and the team to our r&d center in cambridge um if you have if you're ever over here so the, the intention between that piece of content, because a yeah. comment a piece of content, was, well, you're the chief exec, so you're going to get massive engagement because you're the chief exec of one of the biggest, you know, the mm-hmm. biggest assume, um, you know, food brand on the planet. So it's free marketing for us that we have an mm-hmm. R&D center in, um, uh, in Cambridge. But somebody senior might see that comment as well. Well, no word of a lie. If anyone wants to challenge me, I've got all the messages still yeah, yeah. on I, um, on my LinkedIn, about an hour later, their global head of R and D DM me on LinkedIn saying, "I saw your comments on um, uh, Mark's uh, post. Happy to have a conversation." Yep. So that single comment led to the global head of R and D for that all that brand. I'm um, getting in touch with me, and 
we had a connection, had a meeting. She had never heard of us. She'd never had only understood what we did in the innovation space. Off the back of that, I sent a bit of a Hail Mary to the chief exec. So we just had a really good meeting with said lady. Uh, it'd be great to connect. So I might be able to connect you to our CEO. CEO. He accepted my connection request. Mm, yeah. That yeah. all stemmed from a single... If I hadn't commented on his post, yeah. that same reaction would never have happened. Mm -hmm. And that comment is content. Mm -hmm. And yeah. therefore, I believe that, that there has to be... So back to your... Yeah, question. Yeah. question. There isn't a, it's not a hard and fast answer because absolutely every single salesperson on their planet worth worth their salt. If you're not engaging in conversation on 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 social on LinkedIn with purpose and intention, which mm. takes two minutes of your life, yeah. two minutes multiple times during the day, then yeah, you, you're you're missing out on a huge you know, a huge opportunity. The other end of the scale of the very clever content creation that we see out there, podcasts. Mm graphics, carousels, short form video content, and so on, that's probably going to be less prevalent, more for the, the solopreneurs or mm. those people that move into that kind of content creation, community creation role where they're creating that top of funnel general um, awareness. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's very good how you split that out because I've had that exact I was going to say argument, but let's just call it frustration with companies that debate. I've tried debate. to debate. <laughs> Challenge. Um, with, yeah, I was saying, like, obviously, many years ago, I believe that that comment in getting into some of those uh, structures and looking for those conversations to see what those opportunities were, were part of the sales role. And I was told unequivocally that that was wrong. So um, I, yeah, le legit. <laughs> I saw your face. You're like, what? But um, yeah, no, I um, yeah, numerous times I was told that that would never be part of a sales role. So I see that no different from opportunity spotting for qualifying leads. So yeah, I was glad you said that. It's it's well, and again, and it comes back to this whole perception of social LinkedIn and time wasting. Mm -hmm. One of the most effective methods I use. It does. It does take a bit of a bit of time, but you all have like five minutes, ten minutes. You're sat on all hands. No one's kind of really concentrating. You're, if you're on the bus on the way home, train, what have you. And yeah. I've done it uh, twice today, where I follow lots of LinkedIn folk, obviously, and they typically will tag their clients and LinkedIn posts that LinkedIn have posted about mm -hmm. Sales Navigator. So mm -hmm. what do I do? Mm -hmm. I go and find those people and DM them with the case study that's just been done on me. Going, oh. I see you've obviously got Sales Navigator. I've just finished a thousand seat deploy. Happy to have a conversation. I've created mm -hmm. two net new conversations today, purely through comments and mm -hmm. other people's mm -hmm. comments mm -hmm. and using that as a way to understand, okay, well, if you've engaged on this post, this must then therefore either you in this world are involved in it or doing it or thinking about it mm -hmm. or whatever it else. So, and that's that doesn't take time. It's back to that mindset and just thinking about LinkedIn in that sales capacity, not mm. it's a place to get a job or um, mm. my clients aren't on LinkedIn. And anybody that says my clients aren't on LinkedIn or doesn't use LinkedIn, I mean, you are fundamentally, 99% of you are fundamentally wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I was, yeah, I, um, it's, it's still astounding to me for the companies that still push, um, 
not having an engaging tagline, not explaining your optimized page to say and do what you what you do, what you showcase, what you can offer. Um, on that, do you still see, because obviously you're in it, this is what you do. Do you still see a lot of companies that have somewhat stale presentation with their pages? Um, like what's the percentage of that, do you think? Are we talking company pages or as an individual? Personal, personal. So say, for example, you went and worked with a head of growth for somewhere or a CRO, and within that team, the mandate from above them was that they were still to have their, their LinkedIn's like um, resumes from 1984. Um, and they weren't to be outgoing in any way, but you've obviously brought, been brought in because they've recognized now that that's a problem. How often do you see that now? It's, I mean, in my world of, kind of professional services, it's not so much as mandated. It's just the perception of what LinkedIn is. Yeah. And they just, they, they haven't looked at this and it's just, oh, I had no idea you do this. I think, yes, you, you you see it, you see it. And I don't necessarily think it's the CRO. I think it's mm -hmm. more brands that's, yeah. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, fundamentally an employer can't actually tell an employee what to do with their LinkedIn profile. They mm -hmm. can't. Yeah, yeah. Because that employee owns their LinkedIn profile. And there's um Andrew Grill, um, is ex IBM, he's a futurist, he's brilliant. This is years ago. Um, he was and I'm gonna paraphrase and get this wrong, so Andrew, forgive me, but he described it as when you are working for an organization, you are leasing your personal brand to them. Mm -hmm. Therefore, um, you should be able to project, notwithstanding you represent if you have the brand of the organization on your profile, like you do on a business card you are representing the brand so if you go out on a limb and start being you know misogynist racist or start saying bad things it's irrespective of the brand goes nothing to do with us unfortunately the brand is under there but yeah. in the grand scheme you you can present yourself how you you choose to i also do believe some of it is the employee themselves mm -hmm. they're mm -hmm. happy just to go fine it's easy can't be you know can't be asked or they'll go down the done for you route you can always tell the done for you route because then you've got a cookie cutter of sales <laughs> salespeople where somebody they've outsourced someone else and you go well you look you all look the um uh you all look the um the same but i i mandated or suggestive but i do believe a lot of it is on the onus of the the individual mm -hmm. and that's probably a generational thing um because if you look at i don't know i'd say this but you look at the young generation coming through in terms of how they are using LinkedIn as a platform. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is in an interesting place because it's got four, practically five generations on it now. Mm -hmm. Boomers who are slowly moving off it. Um, Gen X is like us. You've got then millennials, um, and then you've got the Gen Zs, and then Gen Alpha, who are the college kids you know, now coming through onto the, onto the platform. Of course, the, the Gen Zs and Gen Alphas use social in a very, very different right. way to... Yeah millennials and you know i remember the day when facebook launched and you would poke people and throw sheep at each other and it was a much nicer place to be well how can i ever recover from there but um <laughs> how far we've come but well on that then what do you see with um where do you think sales nav's going to go from here um what what some of some of the things you'd like to talk about with that uh it's the best it's the best lead generation tool for linkedin by none and if you're in a sales role and your CRO, whoever is telling you we don't need it, then you need to challenge that massively. Uh, it's They're starting to um, open up Pandora's box a little bit more mm -hmm. in terms of uh, data, because, of course, we have to be absolutely clear. They're not selling data. Yeah. They're selling access to yeah. information. 
Mm-hmm. So when you buy LinkedIn premium at £30 a month or $30 a month, what it is, all that is, is just giving you more access to information. When an organization buys recruiter, it's giving the recruitment team more access and insight to information, which is fundamentally on a public facing uh, website. The same goes for the marketing tool and the same goes for sales solutions. So they are moving into the world of intent data. I know intent is a big debate in terms of what is um, uh, intent. Uh, but things like if you, there's an advanced or advanced plus, so if your uh, marketing team are running um, ad campaigns on LinkedIn with um, demand gen forms, so you have to fill something out, mm-hmm. uh, the person who filled out a demand gen form will now appear on the um, halfway down on the main account page that you're um, looking at. Yeah. Uh, they're now uh, look, signaling intent in terms of activity company page, activity of profile views, activity of ad engagement. Uh, they will give you in chronological order of when people started following the company page of mm-hmm. your organization in the last mm-hmm. 30 days. So it could be, oh, Alex started following us three days ago and Alex is an ideal ideal profile. I'm going to send Alex a connection request because yeah. if he's clicked follow on the company page, something's caught his um his attention. Yeah. They go through rolling out apparently more on the intent sides, uh, they're in Q3, Q4, because they run Microsoft year, which is year end of June. Um, so watch out for that. I've already seen a post earlier today that their spotlights filters are getting more granular. Mm. So they're just starting to open up access a little more. And some of your listeners are going, oh, well, that's really terrible, rah, rah, rah. Well, go to your privacy settings then, my people. <laughs> go to the privacy settings in LinkedIn, and you can turn this all off so mm-hmm. you're not accessible on Recruiter, you're not accessible on Sales Nav, you're not accessible on the marketing tool. Mm-hmm. But we just you know, tick and mm-hmm. carry on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, it's an immensely it's an immensely powerful um, platform. If you're able to have the full sync in Salesforce and or Dynamics, then it just takes it to a whole different level. Mm-hmm. The challenge I've always seen in the past is IT security go oh it's too hard, it's too difficult, it's too what have you. And it really isn't because I just helped in a thousand seat deploy with Microsoft Dynamics where we had the full the full sync. And if you have Dynamics and Salesforce and the um, the full sync, LinkedIn can then turn on their ROI model mm-hmm. and actually start to map social selling um, behaviors through LinkedIn and Sales Navigator against closed one revenue. Mm-hmm. So they, they can go, Okay. Profile view, profile view, saved accounts, in-mail, engaged with content, profile view, yeah. save lead, save lead, profile view. So they're not saying because of you won this, yeah. but you can start so you can start to show the influence, yeah, the digital and social behaviors that you have leading up to an opportunity and during it mm. actually can in some instances shorten the sales cycle. Yeah. And create the deals. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that's obviously been um an issue for people that would have been working for a company previously, not a solopreneur, where they were trying to substantiate, well, hang on, these are the actions that got us to the table and this is the actions that got us to close the deal, but they couldn't prove it. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Where do you see, or well, where do you see this going from here, Alex? As in what? Broad question. So, like further from, further further enhancement, what would you like to see maybe? Uh, I and they, they know this in the in the intent data they're they're serving. My view is we, we should be able to get it down to a people level. Yeah. Because 
it's no different from paying for premium, which means I know who's looking at my profile. Mm-hmm. You're just serving that through a different yeah. medium yeah. Yeah, in yeah. terms of all very well going. You've got lots of company engagement at lots of company page engagement. And these are the people that are following your company page mm. in order. What I would want to be interested in is who is engaging with what mm-hmm. and on the profile views, who is who is looking at profiles because yeah. you have very high profile views but if they're all students looking for jobs it's a bit it's a bit um uh misleading mm-hmm. and i think the the other whether they'll ever do it or not i don't know but if they were if you were able to record activity into sales nav mm-hmm. i.e meeting phone call I don't yeah. think they'll ever do that yes. because their their argument is sync it with CRM and then that all just flows through um, flows through anyway. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the it's the it's how granular they are comfortable mm-hmm. in going in terms of um, I mean very clear they're not selling data at all. Yeah, yeah. It's just access to um, insights. Yeah, so that's interesting that you said that right there about. Um... The, the recording of actions in SalesNet because like a few years back, I wrote, maybe it was the start of the pandemic. I wrote a paper on what I thought they should do. And I said, if we're just literally cutting and pasting all of these actions into multiple places, wouldn't it just make more sense to make SalesNav also a CRM? But then think about that. If you already had the connection with those people, why would you not give the option to be able to call them from that system as well? So yeah, that was just something that I wrote about back then. Um, some people laughed, some people liked it because it got a fair amount of views. But um, yeah, interesting. The, the, their argument will always be sync it with your CRM system, mm. and that's what your system does. Yeah. Or sync it with a sales engagement platform. That's what your that's what those systems are designed um, mm. uh, is designed for. So I don't I don't believe, and because Microsoft owns it, it's not necessarily Microsoft's best interest now to kind of create an, a yeah, CRM yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, on a CRM perspective, but um, yeah, it's it's and it, yeah, for the what for what it you know, starts at a thousand dollars a license per year mm. per person and scales down. You know, one of your majority of your audience, one deal is going to pay for it. You know, ten ten x over. Um, so it's yeah, it's 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 a it's a very cool piece of kit, but you have to treat it very differently to link to. Um, uh, LinkedIn, you know, you have to treat it as a CRM system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It that way. And then the the other aspect is then understand what to do with the insight that it's giving you. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at people who have changed jobs in the last 90 days, you know, back in our recruitment days, that's a sales trigger. Mm-hmm. Someone's new enrolled, they've probably got new budgets, new, uh, they've been charged with bringing some change. So new suppliers, new mm-hmm. opportunities, so find the shortest route to have that, um, uh, that conversation in posted on LinkedIn in the last 30 days. Okay, well, there's no algorithm there. So now you can see who's posting what in whatever networks, if it's appropriate, go and engage and go and move into their social proximity. Who's following your company? That can embarrass marketing teams. Marketing go, yo, you got 100,000 followers on our company page. And you go to all your key clients and go, that's interesting because none of our key clients are following us. So those 100,000 followers are irrelevant, right? I've been in meetings where that's happened. The marketing mm-hmm. go, very quiet. Rather than go on well, marketing your shit, it's like, okay, so what do we do? How do we then start to move this organization into the field of view of what we want to um of what we want to see them? But too often is it A, well, LinkedIn is a waste of time, you shouldn't be selling on it. 
or B, people look at that insight and go, well, that's good. And don't do anything with it. They don't mm -hmm. figure out that's best best action to it. And of course, the, fi the final piece of the puzzle is um, if you're an enterprise-led organization, um, team link and team link extends. And mm -hmm. my, my next my newsletter, which is going out tomorrow, talks to all of this, is you could have, I don't know, 50 licenses because you've got 50 salespeople, but employ 500 people for the sake mm -hmm. of argument. Yeah. But if you're a sales man, you're just searching those 50 licenses, but you will have 1,000 team link extended licenses. Mm -hmm. So you're missing the 500 networks of your colleagues. So mm -hmm. get them to opt their networks into team link extend. And then when your yeah. salespeople are searching, you're now searching 550 networks. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my God, you're connected to the CEO of that organization. We've been spending six months cold calling, cold emailing, getting nowhere. And it's like, yeah, I play golf with them. They're my neighbor. I used to go to um, used to go to school. You take that into enterprise, enterprise, and a PA, mm. we were able to, we only got, you know, we had a thousand licenses and four thousand team link extend tokens. We hadn't even touched the team link extend tokens yet. And we already, through just shy of a thousand licenses, had just north of 900,000 unique referral routes if we chose to access all of them. Yeah. It's, it, it comes yeah. back to this point that for some organizations in some enterprise-wide enterprise, enterprise -wide sales, you shouldn't need to cold call. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't need to cold email. The chances are someone somewhere has got a connection with somebody. Mm -hmm. If you take that one step further, and you use relationship capital tools such as Microsoft Sales Insights, IntraHive, Ebster, to name with the top three out there. Salesforce has one, which then measures the relationship strength you have internally. You have the external social network, the internal who actually genuinely has these strong relationships with people. You go, okay, I've identified this person through sales now, but there's no route in. Mm -hmm. You go internally, you go based on our relationship capital system, you have the strongest relationship with this company and that person. Get on the phone to that person and get that person to get me to this person over here. Then back to what we were saying earlier, it's a sales process. Mm. The technology has done what it's designed to do and create that sales conversation. Then it's what you and I were doing 20 years ago in our recruitment days. Nothing's yeah. changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, powerful stuff, Alex. Where so to just recap, maybe on you a little bit, where what's next for for, for Alex? What's next, Alex? I lie down. Um, so <laughs> yeah, not tonight. I mean, <laughs> not tonight. No. So what's next for me? Um, I'm on a three-month uh, short-term project at the moment with a uh, law firm, but I'm I'm looking for my next big kind of um, social selling, digital selling, enablement um, gig, be it contract, be it FTE, be it be it consulting. Um, so yeah, anybody that's wants anybody that's listening that um, doesn't matter where you are in the world, I work globally. That is thinking about sales now is thinking about sales navigator or social selling or digital selling or CRM advisory data AI in a sales and marketing um context. I'm always happy to get on a call for an hour or so and just get an understanding of what's under the hood and give my my thoughts and my um my views. And then if appropriate, I can come in and shape a strategy and help you execute it. Awesome, man. Well, it's been amazing to speak to you. And if the audience has loved what you've said as much as I have, where's the best place to contact you? Uh, well, I haven't figured it out by now. I mean, you can find me on find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, yeah. TikTok, <laughs> yeah, YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, mate, for coming on. It's been a blast. Um, there's a lot there, and this should, yeah, unequivocally advertise why people should not only work with you, but they should be looking at these tools from what you've said.
Thank you, Adam. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening. If you, like me, have received great value from my guest, please like, share and follow. See you next time.